Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works COVID-19 update. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I'm the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. Today, we're going to discuss an evolution of remote work, uh, that is remote work abroad. Our guest is Mo Vela, Chief Transparency Officer and member of the Board of Directors of Transparent Business. He's worked for He's worked in the remote business for over a decade, and he has been seen and quoted on Fox Business, Inc., Entrepreneur, Forbes, and more. Mo, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Jim. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Um, you know, as the pandemic has moved on, I think we're in our ninth, eighth or ninth month now. Who even knows? It seems like an eternity. Um, it feels like eight or nine years, Jim, to be honest. I know. <laughs> I think of the, you know, I always say this, the before times, you know, or the long, mm-hmm. long ago. That used to mean like the 50s or something to me. And now that just means early 2020, you know. Um, I miss the freedom, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of people went remote and they thought they were going to be remote for a week. No. Um, yeah. A lot of those people end up staying home uh, uh, sort of indefinitely. That's right. And then even others, it is truly indefinite. You know, some organizations have sold their buildings. So. Uh, by the way, I call, I call it our new normal. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. Um, So remote work has typically meant working from home. Mm -hmm. Um, But now as people are realizing they're going to they can have a certain freedom now, Mm -hmm. they don't have to work from home, they can work from anywhere. And um, there aren't a lot of limitations on what that means. So now you're we're hearing about workers maybe wanting to work overseas. Is that something you're familiar with? Uh, It is actually, Jim, and I'll tell you uh, a couple uh, of my thoughts on it. First of all, there are some incredible benefits about this global mobility um, that has resulted from the pandemic. I, my mama, uh, growing up in Texas, she used to tell me, uh, "From all good can come some. From all bad, excuse me, can come some good." Hmm. And so, to me, I kind of view this global mobility, this uh, the benefits of working remotely in general. Everyone wins in a remote workforce model, as you you and your listeners have probably talked about many, many times. Uh, the only probably group or sector that loses uh, in the short term is the commercial real estate market, right? But mm-hmm. everyone else wins from the employer to the employee to the economy to the environment and single moms, people with disabilities, socioeconomically disadvantaged folks. All of those people are winners in a remote workforce model. So this global mobility is just, in my opinion, another one of those uh, ancillary good things that came from something very horrific and uh, tragic that continues to be tragic, I might add, and very, very sad and frustrating. Um, so look, the, the, it sounds glamorous and exciting, right? I can move to Costa Rica mm-hmm. and actually work remotely from a beach. That sounds really phenomenal, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it does. Right about now, I'm I'm in Vermont and it's gonna snow tomorrow. So uh, it sounds really <laughs> fabulous right now for me, right? <laughs> but it's not as first of all, it's not as easy as everybody thinks. Number one, number two, it's um, uh, the pandemic has actually thrown a little bit of a monkey wrench into this, uh, you know, foreign visa. We welcome you, right? Come to our country. The great news is there are, uh, I think, 
Last I checked, there were eight countries in addition to some territories and principalities that are actually have created, that have created these types of programs you're alluding to, Jim, uh, where they will welcome you to come live and work remotely in their country um, because they understand. In other words, they're giving out these visas if you'll come and either buy property, right? That's one way. Invest. Mm. You can invest. You can be an investor. And then now because of uh, the pandemic, and this remote workforce global uh, mentality, there are even some countries in Caribbean islands in particular that are creating programs to say, come and just park yourself on our island, right? You can work remotely from here. <laughs> and they incentivize you through some tax relief or a visa or, uh, you know, some different forms of uh, incentivization. Incentive, is that the right word? Uh, yeah. uh, various incentives. How's that? Um, so, I'm very aware of this. I actually, I'm, I can't lie. I even looked into it for myself. Yeah, I mean, me too. My wife and I, when when this, you know, when we sort of realized we were going to be here for a while, mm-hmm. we'd always wanted to go other places um, yep. and work, and we just couldn't because, you know, we're tied physically for a few reasons. You know, but then at that same time, all of the those borders shut down. and That was what I was about to say, Exactly. So even with these incredible programs, Jim, so many countries, because of the resurgence, or some people don't call it a resurgence, they, it's a continuation of this horrific virus, um, you know, as you just mentioned, people are shutting their borders down. So as great as it sounds and as welcoming as some of them will probably be to us, uh, right, um, right now, the challenge is going to be finding a country who will allow an American in, right? Like, I'll give you an example. I do Australian television once every, probably once every four or five days. Mm. And I get, I get all this wonderful fan mail and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I, I, I'm so (laughs) touched by it, but people literally from Australia write me, when are you moving to Sydney? When are you coming to Melbourne? Right. (laughs) And I'm like, so one day I looked it up. I can't even go to Sydney right now. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I, I hope your listeners understand as appealing and attractive as those offers are right now, they really need to check the details and read, read the fine print, if you will. Right. <laughs> because we're not quite welcomed everywhere right now. Thanks to our inferior handling of this pandemic. Yeah. It's um, you know, you wouldn't let a dog in your house. That's not trained, you know? Um, Absolutely not. <laughs> unless you have unlimited access to new carpeting. <laughs> Um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, and I've tackled this issue mildly with a few HR folks, um, where there's a big difference between visiting somewhere else and working from there and then moving to somewhere or being there for longer than a certain period of time. And now there's all kinds of other considerations for HR. They have to worry about, you know, um, state specific laws, employment laws that no longer maybe apply because that's right. All your unemployment insurance laws, all all those things, work worker like worker workman's comp liability. I wonder if there's guidance out there as part of these programs to help HR people navigate that. The, there there is, but I think to be honest with you, everybody is uh, still in the process of formulating a lot of this because it's it's in so many ways, Jim, as you know. 
and your audience knows it's new to the HR community. Uh, have we always had foreign workers? Of course, right? But they're, yeah. they either are here or they're there on very specific type visas, right? Certainly, I, I have never, I don't know if I've ever met anybody on the type of visas and programs that you and I are talking about as a result of this pandemic, right? Where we're like enticing you to come work remotely from our island, right? And we're going to create a little package of incentives for you. That I've never, I, I, I know that, I, I don't know if you know this, but for example, Puerto Rico actually uh, passed legislation the way before the pandemic that uh, was intended to incentivize remote workers to move to the island of Puerto Rico, for example. I was so aware. It, it's not like it's brand new, okay? I don't want to sound like I'm ignorant or naive, but it's relatively new to the HR world, in my opinion. Uh, and I'm sure there is guidance out there, but in many ways, I think even our HR experts uh, around the world are still probably trying to figure it out themselves, you know, because it's new in many ways. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, when I went home and when all my friends and coworkers went home, they didn't make us sign anything that said you have to work from home, home. That's never really been a consideration. It's always just uh, been very good of, point. Yeah. Even in cases where you do sign something, it usually doesn't say a location. It just says, here's what your no. responsibilities and duties or your time frame or whatever. Here's how you're going to do your best way to communicate those kinds of things. Never. Are you going to be in a different time zone? You know, are you going to have internet access? Um, is all that glare on your laptop going to slow you down yeah. <laughs> from sitting on the beach? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's that? What's the sun going to do to your uh, company issued laptop, right? <laughs> How soon am I going to have to replace that for you? Yeah, listen, I think speaking of HR, obviously, uh, and being the focus of your podcast, uh, I will say this, something I've been that that is very applicable to your HR experts. I have been predicting for the last probably five months now uh, in all of the media I do on remote work um, that I uh, remain confident that remote, the option to work remotely post-pandemic, right? Post-pandemic, the option to remain, to, to work remotely, excuse me, in my opinion, my prediction is it will inevitably become a part of an employer's employee benefit package. I think that it will absolutely um, damage an, an employer's uh, competitive advantage if they do not offer remote work post-pandemic as a viable option for their future employees. That's how much I believe it's become our new normal. And I think that another uh, result of us involuntarily having to move to a over 90% of the world at one point was working remotely because of the pandemic. And I think uh, what we've done now is proven it works. It works. Productivity is up. Efficiencies remain stable. Employees are happier. Employees love the enhanced work-life balance. They get two to three hours of their day back each day, not having to commute to and from work. Employers are now having to admit that they're loving the average $11,000 per employee savings that they're experiencing. And they're loving the lower absenteeism and they're loving the happier employees. Because as I said already, it becomes, it makes happier employees a more productive employee. 
right? And those extra two to three hours that an employee gets back, Jim, they're, they're actually spending money. So guess what? Now the economy gains because that's mm-hmm. two or three hours of money being put back into the economy anywhere in the world that wasn't being put into the economy before. And then I love the, the fact that this is impacting our climate change uh, battle in a positive way with somewhere between 17 and 25% less carbon emissions being emitted into the environment because of the lack of commuting. Yeah, that has been an interesting side effect. It has. And I think that HR directors are going to be confronted with this reality post-pandemic that they're these the global workforce of the future, first of all, it's more global, Jim, than ever for the very reasons we're talking about global mobility, right? I can now go work in Italy on Lake Cuomo. Literally, I could, right? Yeah, and the other thing is is that, you know, and I know a lot of people have talked about this, but it, it's important for employers that might be considering not having a remote work policy going forward or post-pandemic. We, pro- we proved it. This can work. It absolutely can work, Jim. It absolutely can work. And I'll tell you what else I advise people on, on remote work and making it work, okay? Making it work. Um, and that is technology was, for the last decade, technology without us knowing was getting us ready and preparing us for this moment, this inflection point, okay? Um, because you have video conferencing working at optimum levels and constantly improving. You've got Slack type software where you have workforce cohesion and workforce communications and intra workforce uh, software and technology to strengthen and keep those bonds strong. You've got uh, software like ours at Transparent Business where we have remote workforce management and coordination software that's non-invasive yet uh, provides an accountability and uh, transparency. Uh, for remote workers, right? So technology is our best friend and our other best friend to make this work is communication. We must increase, improve, enhance our communication efforts uh, in order to keep remote work, this model working effectively and uh, successfully. Yeah, and that becomes a real important consideration for if you do have employees are going to go abroad, you know, Um, you're going to have to have a communication plan because not everything's necessarily going to work. That's right. Um, it would just, you know, I, I think that we are learning a lot about that in general. I think at first everybody just wanted to push everything onto video conferencing and that worked for a while. Yes. There's, you know, some downsides. Everyone's talking about the Zoom That's fatigue. Right. Um, and, I, you know, yeah. some of the experts I've talked to are talking about you really just have to kind of be ready to package your communication by the individual. You know, what, what works best for this person? What works I, best I for think that that's exactly, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'll tell you the way I say it is from a communications perspective, a one size fits all plan is not going to work for, for some of the reasons you just stated. And there are a whole other myriad of reasons that you have to customize Uh, be flexible with your communications plan. And as you said, in some ways it's personalized, right? Because um, not everybody's a body language expert. And I think what we took for granted in an in-person meetings and in-person communication was that we, we, 
for most human beings and most adults, we've learned how to read body language without even thinking about it. It's just almost an innate, an innate gift. Um, and for some reason, people think moving to video conferencing, somehow that same gift doesn't work. But I, I have good mm. news and bad news for them. The same gift still works in video conferencing. You can, you can see a person's facial expressions. You can read their body language um, on a video call just the same as you are in person. Um, and so I, I've been really critical of, I'm not going to mention names, but there's a major, major entertainment company whose CEO said nothing good comes from remote workforce model. And I, I, I've been bashing him and, you know, in every interview when I have a chance, because <laughs> I couldn't, I, I couldn't disagree with him more. And he said, we can't be creative and innovative. And that is a pitiful excuse. Let me just tell you. Yeah, I heard this one person I interviewed, I won't name them either, but, you know, they were very much on that same side. Um, and they were saying there's this effect where, let's say, you know, um, a supervisor goes over to talk to an employee about something and then the nearby people might overhear the supervisor, you know, offering guidance and then that helps them. And I forget what she called it. And it's just... It, oh, forget. forgot. It was... I mean, what a roundabout, like, how that's what you're relying on for innovation. I call that flailing. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Because it's if that's what you're relying on is that oh, you hope that take. direct communication is going to somehow innovate your team. It's uh, like, why don't you move it over no, to direct communication? No. Then? And, and you asked earlier, I hope there's guidance for HR folks on this, you know, on these global mobility issues. Here's the other thing. There are expert workforce and organizational uh, experts on that, that I've been encouraging employers to offer training, right? So if there is something we are missing in moving to this remote world that we can improve, there are experts in training on communications remotely, right? On organizational development right. in a remote setting, um, virtual this, virtual that. Offer the training. Right. But don't throw in the towel and make excuses like, well, the other employees overhear a manager, you know, uh, helping another employee. Oh, come on. If that's the way you're is that's your idea of helping your workforce, you've got problems. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Mo, um, any final thoughts before before we get going? No, you know, I'll just reemphasize. I think. I think this is our new normal. I think this is, we are going to post pandemic in my estimation, uh, end up in what I call a hybrid workforce model, which means that I think employees will be given the choice. Uh, there may be some employees who will, may not be given the choice, but will be required to go into a traditional office setting. But I think the vast majority of employees around the world uh, will be given the option to work remotely. And that could mean on a beach. But all I would say mm -hmm. to, to your listeners is wherever you end up working, whether it's on a beach, in a bar, a Starbucks, uh, on the side of a lake, at your lake house, wherever it may be, remember that uh, to uh, make sure to remain loyal to your employer for the opportunity to do that, the opportunity to have the flexibility, this enhanced work-life balance, uh, and, and, and uh, let's live up to that responsibility so that, so that we can all keep enjoying the benefits of remote work. Well said. Thank you, Mo, again, for joining us today. It was a real pleasure. Thank you, Jim, for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a beautiful day. Absolutely. You too. 
Listeners, please check back next week for the next episode of HRWorks COVID-19 Update. You can always follow us on Twitter at HRWorks Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HRWorks.